Welcome to the Bob Harden Show, bringing you news and commentary to keep you informed and enjoying life on the Paradise Coast. And now, here's your host, Bob Harden. Good morning. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning. Johnson's Air Conditioning is Naples' longest established air conditioning company. I hope you'll visit the website and give them a call. The website is johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. We have a terrific show for you today, including special guest Keith Flaw, co-founder and CEO of the Florida Citizens Alliance. We'll visit with Michael Cannon, Director of Health Policy Studies and author of Recovery, A Guide to Reforming the U.S. Health Sector. Seton Motley is the founder and president of Less Government and the former mayor of Naples, Bill Barnett, will be joining us as well. It is November the 16th, and on this day in 1849, a Russian court sentenced the great Russian novelist Fedor Dostoevsky to death for his alleged anti-government activities linked to a radical intellectual group. His execution is stayed at the last moment. <clears throat> Dostoevsky's father was a doctor at Moscow's Hospital for the Poor, where he grew rich enough to buy land and serfs. After his father's death, Dostoevsky was, uh, suffered from epilepsy, studied military engineering, and became a civil servant while secretly writing novels. His first was called Poor People, and his second novel, The Double, were both published in 1846. He began participating in radical intellectual discussion group called the Petrusevsky uh, Circle, the group was suspected of subversive activities, which led to Dostoevsky's arrest in 1849 and his sentencing to death. On uh, December the 22nd, he was uh, led to before a firing squad, but received a last-moment reprieve and was sent to Siberian labor camp, where he worked for four years. He was released in 1854 and worked as a soldier on the Mongolian frontier. He married a widow and finally returned to Russia in 1959. The following year, he founded a magazine, and two years later, after the journey to Europe for the first time. In 1864 and 65, his wife and brother uh, died. The magazine folded, and his, he found himself deeply in debt, which was exacerbated by a gambling uh, issue that he had. In 1866, he published my favorite uh, novel, Crime and Punishment, one of his most popular works. In 1867, he married a stenographer and was coupled fled to Europe to escape his creditors. His novel, The Possessed, in 1872, was successful, and the couple returned to St. Petersburg when he published The Brothers Karamazov in 1880 uh, to immediate success, but he died the following year. What an interesting life a novel in and of itself, of Fyodor Dostoevsky. U.S. stock market closed higher yesterday, fueled by uh, cool inflation data. The U.S. Producer Price Index, a key inflation metric tracking product prices, dropped 0.5% in October from September, the first decline since May and the biggest decline since April 2020. So that's good news. Should be good news for the market. Uh, futures are pretty neutral as we speak. Well, heavy rains in South Florida were causing widespread flooding, leading to concerns across the region as nearly one foot of rain fell across, I think most of it, uh, for the most part, was in uh, East Florida. In Broward County, several streets have been flooded, leaving drivers stranded for hours. Here I know we uh, in uh, North uh, Naples, we had about three and a half inches of rain 
So it was a severe, pretty, a lot of rainfall yesterday. And of course, we needed it. We were behind in terms of rainfall here in South Florida. Israel uh, Defense Forces said yesterday they have confirmed the presence of Hamas command center inside northern Gaza's Al-Shifa hospital, a revelation which came after soldiers carried out an overnight raid in the building. The facility had become flashpoint in the war. At least 43 patients have died in the past week amid fighting outside, with more than 1,500 people trapped inside. Israel officials say they've recovered materials suggesting the site was home to a significant Hamas operation. Uh, Israeli forces have published photos of some of the weapons recovered from the facility, saying that even more evidence will be released uh, today. Separately, reports suggest Kader is uh, mediating a deal to potentially release 50 hostages kidnapped by Hamas during the October 7th raid into uh, Israel in exchange for a three-day ceasefire. See how that progresses. Well, President Biden and Chinese uh, President uh, Xi Jinping had their first face-to-face meeting in a year yesterday as the APEC summit in San Francisco Francisco with both leaders hoping to dial down the tension between their countries. In their public remarks, both stressed cooperation with Biden saying we've had to ensure the competition does not veer into conflict and Xi asserting that planet Earth is big enough for two countries to succeed. And certainly he's right about that. Unless... One is trying to cannibalize the other, which is, I think, the behavior of China up to this point. The pair also met privately and reached agreements on curbing illicit fentanyl and reestablishing military communications. That's all positive. The real action was uh, scheduled after this Visine eyewash meeting. Some of the biggest names in American business were scheduled to attend the summit, among them Citigroup's Jan Frazier, Exxon's Darren Woods, Microsoft's Satya Nadella, and Tesla and Kink and uh, SpaceX's uh, Elon Musk, a number of executives have been invited to dine with Z, according to people uh, familiar with the plans, a chance for them to air their concerns and ambitions in less formal meeting. If Z goes going to the meeting, these business leaders at the summit, they're going to looking for signals that the U.S.-China relationship is thawing, that according to a professor at uh, Florida International uh, University. So we'll see what happens as a result of this. Uh, there is, could be a thawing for business in China. And, of course, there's all kinds of human rights issues in China. And uh, hopefully these uh, companies won't decide to pick up and leave the United States and seeking more profitable grounds in other places. Former President Donald Trump's lawyers on Wednesday filed a motion for a mistrial in the $250 million New York civil fraud case claiming the judge... Engeron and his principal law clerk demonstrate bias in the filing for a mistrial. Trump's attorneys named the clerk and even included pictures of her while alleging she demonstrated political bias, pointing to what she, they described as political donations that exceed permitted limits. Specifically, of course, uh, the court's own conduct, coupled with the clerk's unprecedented role in the trial and extensive public partisan activities, would cause even a casual observer to question the court, court's partiality, haba. And other Trump attorneys wrote in the filing, thus only a grant of a mistrial can salvage what is left of the rule of law. So I hope he uh, gets this uh, mistrial claimed. <clears throat> Be a good thing. <clears throat> But on the other side, first son Hunter Biden on Wednesday asked the federal court presiding judge 
over his criminal case in Delaware to approve subpoenas of former President Donald Trump and his former top Justice Department officials as he argues that his investigation was the result of incessant, improper, and partisan pressure from the former president and his allies. The court filing asked uh, U.S. District Judge Noriega, a Trump appointee, to subpoena the former president, former Attorney General Bill Barr, former Acting Attorney General uh, General Richard uh, Donahue, and former Acting Attorney General Jeff Rosen. Uh, Mr. Biden seeks specific information from the three former DOJ officials and the former president that goes to the heart of his defense that is possibly a vindictive or selective prosecution. (laughs) I can't even read this with a straight face. It's just amazing that he feels like somehow it's a vindictive or selective prosecution. Are you kidding? Arising from an unrelenting pressure campaign beginning in the last administration in violation of Mr. Biden's Fifth Amendment rights under the Constitution, the filing says. Well, you know what? He gets his day in court, and uh, he can file anything he wants. So, but nevertheless, uh, it's really actually humorous that uh, he thinks that somehow, some way, this there's been bias against him. In the lead up to the 2020 election, IRS uh, case files show certain investigative decisions were made as a result of guidance provided by others. The Deputy Attorney General's office, uh, Biden's attorney, also said in the document. Noriaki is uh, presiding over Biden's case involving federal firearms charges, to which he pleaded not guilty last month. The case was brought by special counsel David Weiss after Biden's plea deal on misdemeanor tax charges fell through when Noriaki questioned the constitutionality of the proposal. Noriaki was basically saying, so where's the justice here? I don't see any any justice here. It, It should have been thrown out. Anyhow, we'll see how this progresses. But uh, the point here is he does deserve his day in court, irrespective of how the Justice Department is using lawfare against the former president of the United States. Well, Federal Appeals Court Tuesday ordered the federal uh, sale of oil and gas leases of the Gulf of Mexico to be held within 37 days, rejecting environmentalist arguments that the project endangered rare whale uh, species. The Center for Biological Diversity, Sierra Club, and others had hoped to block 6 million acres from being offered in lease sale uh, over concerns it could further endanger the mammal of whales. A lower court had issued an injunction against excluding the acreage from the sale. During oral arguments Monday, the Fifth Circuit, uh, U.S. Circuit of Appeals, had questioned if the environmental groups had demonstrated the whales would be harmed as a result of the lower court's decision. Tuesday's decision requires that all 73 million acres, which includes the contested 6 million, be offered for lease. Seems to me that the uh, biological diversity of the Sierra Club and others should be more concerned about what windmills are doing to whales out in the sea as opposed to uh, the sale for the purposes of uh, finding oil. Excuse me. Well, Senate Democrats voted in lockstep on Tuesday against the House-passed bill to cut $14 million from Bud's 87,000 new IRS agents and use it for emergency aid to Israel. Democrats claim to support the aid package. So what's the problem? They want to leverage Israel's aid for another huge tranche of Ukraine and yet other, uh, uh, other uh, orgy of domestic spending. It looks increasingly like the best we can hope for on spending is a full-year CR that will allow Kentucky Representative Thomas Massey's automatic 1% cut to take effect, but those savings would be more than wiped out if anything like Biden's mega unpaid for emergency spending, and that passes. 
And by the way, the Senate easily passed a stopgap spending bill in bipartisan fashion late Wednesday, averting a federal shutdown for the holidays by setting up an historic clash early in the year over the shrinking shrinking of government. Senators voted 87 to 11 to approve the plan and sent it to President Biden, who is expected to sign it. Ten Republicans and one Democrat voted against the measure. Quite frankly, they're just pushing, kicking the can down the road. It's just going to be even more difficult after the holidays to uh, achieve what they hope to achieve. Uh, I would have preferred that uh, Johnson, Speaker Johnson, deal with the issue immediately and work through the tough uh, confrontations and issues with uh, Democrats now. But nevertheless, they decided to put it off. We'll see how this turns out. This segment of the show brought to you by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning, Naples' longest established air conditioning company. I hope you'll visit johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. Coming up, we're going to visit with Keith Flaw, co-founder and CEO of the Florida Citizens Alliance. That and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Here on the Bob Hartman Broadcasting Network. I'm Bob Harden, the host of the Bob Harden Show. One of my favorites for breakfast or lunch is Lulabee's Diner, providing great service, fabulous food, and a rockin' good time. Lulabee's Diner is a throwback to the 60s, complete with great music and a fabulous 60s decor. What I like best is a blend of great food, great value, and terrific service. Most of the friendly waitstaff has been part of Lulabee's for years. I enjoy the great choices for breakfast and lunch, and you'll find the menu has everything and anything to satisfy your taste. Lulabee's offers catering, party platters, lunch boxes, and more. Lulabee's Diner will quickly become one of your favorites for breakfast or lunch. No reservations are needed. Check out the website at lulabees.com and stop by Lulabee's Diner, open from 8 a.m. until 2 p.m. seven days a week. Lulabee's Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center at the corner of Immokalee and Airport Pulling Roads. Stop by Lulabee's Diner for fabulous food and for a forever cool rockin' good time. Collier County Sheriff Kevin Rambaugh says the number one reason the elderly become victims is isolation. The Collier Senior Center goes a long way in keeping seniors connected with the community and with each other. The Collier Senior Center, located at 4898 Coronado Parkway in Golden Gate, provides comprehensive information regarding services and resources that affect the quality of life of older adults and their caregivers in Collier County, empowering them to maintain independent and meaningful lives. Here's Esther Lully, director of Collier Senior Center. Everyone, every senior is welcome. There's diversity there. It's vibrant. It's a caring atmosphere. So there's a reason we offer the services and programs that we do. We want to help enrich the lives of senior members and provide support to their caregivers. Want to find out more? Visit CollierSeniorCenter.org. That's CollierSeniorCenter.org. Or call the Collier Senior Center at 239-252-4541. That's 252 252- 4541 Welcome back to the Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host, 
Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. We're providing you news and commentary rooted in a commitment to individual liberty, personal responsibility, limited government, and the rule of law. Coming up, we're going to visit with the former mayor of Naples, Bill Barnett. Right now we have with us Keith Flaw, the co-founder and uh, CEO of a terrific organization. It's called the Florida Citizens Alliance. Keith, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. Good morning, Bob. Good morning, Keith. Tell us about the Florida Citizens Alliance. Well, we're a a grassroots uh, coalition of now over 100 different uh, groups and and grassroots leaders across the state. Uh, We have 260,000-plus mostly parents in our active database. And... uh, we focus on K through 12 education. Uh, to us, that means supporting parental rights, um, school choice, uh, expanding school choice options, and of course, getting rid of the, the indoctrination and pornography in our schools. Terrific organization. The website is goflca.org. GoFLCA.org. I hope you check out a very robust website. So, Keith, uh, the whole uh, planning session, moving into uh, the legislative session, has already begun. I understand there's some education bills that are being proposed. Well, there's a number, wide range of education bills, but what happened uh, yesterday was the uh, House or the Senate, Florida Senate uh, with Senator Pasadomo, uh, came out with three really. Um, far-reaching uh, bills that all have, in one way or another, have to deal with the deregulation of public schools. Uh-huh. Some of this is, of course, driven by um, House Bill 1, the school choice bill last year, which um, you know enables parents uh, to leave the government schools with an average of a $7,500 per year voucher. Uh, as many parents are doing that, uh, of course, that's uh, take you know that's reducing the number of students in these government schools, and so uh, deregulation and, and adjustment to that is 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 important. So, from a conceptual point of view, we applaud what what the Senate is doing. Uh, some of the things, as with any bills, there's some good and some bad. Mm. Um, for example, uh, some of the good they enhance the flexibility for hiring teachers, and they're actually giving high-performing teachers. That this bill gets signed into law, multi-year contracts. Wow! Uh, so uh, we think we've always been supportive of that. Uh, uh, just uh, just to give some stability to your really good teachers and, and some some incentive to stay in the teaching side uh, rather than move over into the administration. So that's a couple of good things. Uh, another, uh, what appears to be a good thing, a major part of the second bill, and I won't bore you with the numbers, but the the second bill was, uh, um, you know, as, as school districts lose students, um, they're, they're stuck with, uh, with, you know, the current capital regulations on what they, uh, you know, how they can um, and must maintain their capital investments, you know, all of their different schools. I think, for example, if I remember correctly, Collier County has like 60 schools, or mm-hmm. maybe 62, um, you know, as large numbers of students leave the government school system, do you need those 62 schools? And do you need to build new ones? So uh, it, it, it really, uh, that's a good aspect, I think, of, of one of these bills. Uh, now there's some of the um, challenging pieces of the bill. Um, you, 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 I've said on your show 
that based on a test for third graders um, a year ago, 75% of our third graders cannot read at a proficiency level of four or five on a scale of one to five. Hmm. Another 35 can read, uh, 35% can read at three. They're automatically uh, moved into fourth grade, uh, but, it, but with the caveat that they require significant support. Um, categories one and two are different stages of illiteracy. Right. Um, under current law, that goes all the way back to Jeb Bush. Uh, twos usually advance, which is a bit mind-boggling to me, uh, but ones are held back. There were 22,000 students who uh, scored one on, on that reading test who were held back last year. Uh, if this new bill passes, and I'll read it to you, um, that the, the, the student must be retained unless, this kind of blows my mind, unless the parent determines retention is not in the best interest of the student and approves good cause exemption for moving the student into third grade or fourth grade. I mean, uh, uh, that only, uh, you know, and I've heard ca uh, Commissioner Corcoran say this multiple times, if you can't read at a level three by the time you're in, you leave third grade, you never recover. Yeah. You're a burden on society your whole life. So giving parents the option uh, to override the school district and the law and move their kids who are literate level one uh, in the fourth grade, not only is detrimental to that child, but think about the impact it has on all the other children because now the teacher has to accommodate the yeah, lowest common yeah. denominator. Kind of interesting, uh, though, using uh, parental uh, permission, using parental rights as the wedge here for, for that is kind of an interesting uh, take on this. So, I mean, I get your point. And on the other hand, though, should, should parents have some say? Oh, they should absolutely have some say, but do they have the absolute right for any and for any um, for the best interest of the student? Yeah, to move that child who can't who's illiterate into a classroom of another twenty-five or thirty kids who can read. Right. I mean, where where do the rights of those kids come into play? Good point. Um, so you know, it's it's. It's going to be interesting to see how this goes through. She admits in an in a article by Politico uh, when she announced this uh, yes, uh, yesterday, she admits that it's there's some far-reaching stuff here and, they, and all of it may not make it across the finish line. Um, I, I, I think there's some good things here. Yeah. And it's forward thinking in the fact that House Bill 1 clearly uh, is going to put a lot of competitive pressure on the public schools. We've always, always supported that. Um, one other thing this bill, that these bills do is it also takes away any uh, uh, testing scores for graduating to get a diploma. So you no longer have to pass uh, you know, uh, that uh, uh, final test. Yeah. So, so now you're going back to an environment where uh, kids are being pushed through a system uh, without any real um, benchmarks. Yeah, it's so interesting. Well, you, you saw what's happening in the state of, is it Oregon or Washington? I've forgotten which was, which are absolutely no requirements for graduation. You don't even have to show up. Yeah, that was Oregon. That was Oregon. Unbelievable. So we're so, you know what, Keith, it just reminds me how fortunate uh, we are to have uh, you and uh, the other members of the Florida Citizens Alliance working on behalf of students here in Florida. There's a reason why we're number one 
in the nation in terms of public education. And one of the part of that is because of the Florida Citizens Alliance and the terrific work you're doing to improve standards and to uh, to improve education for kids here in the state of Florida. I just want to re- uh, recommend to our listeners you go to the website goflca. Dot org, goflca.org, and make a contribution. Again, they uh, squeeze every farthing of value out of the money they receive, and uh, you you can't make a better investment than uh, public education here for kids in Collier County schools and across the state of Florida. Keith, really appreciate your commentary here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Bob. Have a great week and the rest of your week and weekend. You as well. Thank you, Keith. All right, coming up, Michael Cannon, Director of Health Policy Studies in the Cato Institute. That and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Are you looking to buy or sell a home? Make it a convenient and stress-free experience by calling the dynamic and trustworthy husband and wife team of Megan and Matt Chionis with Gulf Coast International Properties. Find out about their unique and complimentary post-closing concierge services not offered by other area agents. Matt and Megan Chionis give you the competitive advantage to command a premium price for your property. They personally attend all showings, create a marketing strategy for your property, and offer that complimentary concierge service to your potential buyer. This hands-on approach has helped them set several sales records in Pelican Bay and many at near-record prices. Megan and Matt Chionis understand that as an affluent buyer-seller, your needs and desires are unique. You deserve this level of service. Megan and Matt Chionis are passionate about the Naples lifestyle and they want you to enjoy it too. Call Megan and Matt Chionis with Gulf Coast International Properties at 239-269-5310. That's 239-269-5310. Do you have questions about your retirement? Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239-325-1041. That's 239-325-1041. Office is located at 9015 Stratistel Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Welcome back to the Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host... Bob Harton. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Gulf Shore Playhouse, changing lives through exceptional theater experiences. And you can find out more and get tickets to some great performances coming up. Visit the website, gulfshoreplayhouse.org. Coming up, we're going to visit with Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. Right now, we have with us Michael Cannon. He is the director of health policy studies at the Cato Institute. Michael, thank you so much for joining us. Great to be back, Bob. Thank you, Michael. Tell us about the Cato Institute. We're a think tank. We're in Washington, D.C. used to be in San Francisco, but that was, you know, we moved to D.C. in like 1980 or something. But we've been around since 1977, and our mission 
is to advance the traditional American ideas of individual liberty, limited government, free markets, and peace. And basically what that means is we want you to be able to live your life however you want, as long as you respect the equal rights of others. You know, you wouldn't expect that to need an advocate, but it's, we certainly do in this day and age. I refer our listeners to your website, website cato.org. So, Michael, you wrote this book, Recovery, A Guide to Reforming the U.S. Health Sector, with some terrific ideas on what we can do not only to improve the quality of care, but also the cost of care. And I was wondering uh, if, if you could kind of reveal to us some of the things in, that you're advocating. Sure. Well, one of the reasons I wrote this book is because there are a lot of people who, um, among the reasons, there are a lot of reasons I wrote this book, but there are a lot of people who, advance, who, who say they support free markets in healthcare and advance ideas that they say will make healthcare better and more affordable and more secure by using market mechanisms. Uh, but what those proposals often end up doing is just expanding government in one way or another mm-hmm. and you, not delivering the sorts of benefits that markets deliver in every other sector of the economy, at least the ones where we allow them to work. One of them just came up in conversation the other day. I'm in Texas right now to speak about the book at a think tank called the Texas Public Policy Foundation. And a couple of, I met with a couple of Texans yesterday who had an idea for ex- implementing the Obamacare Medicaid expansion. This is the expansion of that government program for low income, ostensibly uh, for the poor, uh, to provide health care to, uh, to the poor. Uh, that Obamacare expanded, gave states, well, didn't give states the option of expanding. The Supreme Court did that. And all but 10 states have expanded have implemented that expansion, taken the massive amount of federal money that Congress is offering and expanded Medicaid to childless, able-bodied adults making up to about $18,000 per year. Texas, where I am right now, is one of the states that has not expanded. Florida, where you are, Bob, is another state that has not taken that federal money. Uh, And some free market advocates have have come up with ideas for how to get states to expand uh, Medicaid, but in a free market way or in a conservative way. And one of the reasons I wrote Recovery is to show that, no, those aren't free market ideas and they're not going to get you the sorts of outcomes that you want. Uh, if, and, and to give people a soup-to-nuts uh, uh, presentation of what we need to be doing in healthcare if what we want, want is freer markets offering better and more affordable and more secure health care. When it comes to making care uh, more affordable for low-income people, as well as improving the quality of care, as well as uh, more honest budgeting of the way we provide care for veterans and so forth. You know, I, was, I saw a visual of the cost of government there as we're going through this process of determining uh, how we're going to fund the government going forward. And it, it was a shocking to me to see what percentage of funds that we use, not only to pay the interest, which is growing, but also the Medicaid, uh, health care. It, it is astounding. Uh, uh, f- the uh, uh, welfare programs, it's astounding how much money we're spending for these programs, which I just wonder if, if we just didn't do that, wouldn't we be better off? And, well... <laughs> 
<clears throat> the answer is yes. Uh, and we could come to rue the day that we ever got government involved in health care. Yeah. Uh, because the way the federal debt is expanding, it's right now 100% of GDP. Right. Um, and it's set to grow even more. Right. Uh, the reason that that's expanding is government health care programs, the Medicare program, the Medicaid program. They are growing as a share of GDP. And therefore, the federal debt is growing as a share of GDP. Those are the only parts of the federal budget that are. And that can't go on forever. You can't keep the Congress can't keep borrowing forever. And that's one of the reasons why there's just absolutely no good way for states to expand their Medicaid programs, because when if something cannot go on forever, eventually it must stop. Congress cannot go on borrowing money like this forever. Eventually it has to stop and it's going to have to raise taxes and or cut spending. And when states need to cut spending, you know where they go? They go to the Medicaid program. So the states that have expanded Medicaid are not only hastening the day when Congress hits that wall and has to dramatically slash spending, uh, include most notably spending for Medicaid enrollees, it's, it's hastening the day that that fiscal reckoning comes, and it's putting low-income people in a very vulnerable position where they could lose their coverage yeah. and have nothing, have a, you know, a lifelong, uninsurable, pre-existing condition and no options, whereas if government had gotten out of health care, they would have secure lifelong health insurance. So states like Texas, states like Florida are doing the heroic thing by not expanding the Medicaid program, not adding to the federal, to federal deficits and debt. And uh, now, unfortunately, they're not really taking the steps they should be taking to bring health care within the reach of low-income people. Uh, both Texas, I discussed in recovery, that both Texas and Florida are unnecessarily, are making the cost of care unnecessarily high by blocking entry and blocking competition by certain health care practitioners like nurse practitioners or dental therapists who could be making basic primary care more affordable for low-income people and basic dental care more affordable for low-income people. But because of the influence of the physician lobby and the dentist lobby in both of those states, they're not able, those states have enacted regulations that prevent mid-level clinicians from making healthcare better and more affordable and more secure. Yeah. States, it's not enough just to block the Medicaid expansion. States need to eliminate those regulations so that more low-income people can afford medical care. So, you know, here we in the state, free state of Florida, we're very proud of the progress we've made in terms of individual and financial freedom. I think we've made great progress, but just out of the blue, and I, this is probably an unfair question, but can you uh, somehow give us an idea of how much regulation of health care is costing consumers uh, here in the state of Florida or across the nation? Well, sure. You know, the... Uh, the book includes includes what I call the most important chart in healthcare that you've never seen. Mm -hmm. It's a chart that shows prices falling because employers de deployed an innovation uh, to see, you know, what sort of impact this innovation would have on prices. It caused prices for lab tests, colonoscopies, knee and shoulder arthroscopy, 
knee and hip replacement, MRI, CT scans, you name it. It caused prices for these things to drop by up to 30% over two years. When do we ever see that happening in healthcare? Yeah. And you know what this innovation was, Bob? No idea. This innovation was giving people less health insurance. They cut back on the amount of health insurance that people had to, or that people had for all of these items. Uh, and told them, we're just going to pay a fixed fee rather than whatever your providers charge. And if your providers charge you more than that fixed amount, then you're on the hook for 100% of, of the difference. So providers lowered so, the cost. to be Those consumers began comparison shopping, price shopping, and the providers, uh, then they switched to the low-cost providers, and the providers reduced their prices. Wow. So, so it... The biggest thing that government does, to, uh, the biggest reason that healthcare is more expensive than it needs to be is because government encourages too much health insurance through various mechanisms like government programs as well as the tax code and health insurance mandates. Uh, and, and that is the number one thing that is pricing healthcare out of reach for, for so many people, particularly low-income patients. Michael Cannon, again, author of Recovery, A Guide to Reforming the U.S. Health Sector. I'm sure you can get it at Amazon Books, but also go to cato.org, C-A-T-O.org, get some information and get the book. Uh, Michael, I really appreciate this. Let's continue the conversation on this uh, next week. Thank you so much for joining us. Anytime, Bob. Thank you, Michael. All right, coming up, we're going to visit with Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government, that and more, right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Two-thirds of parents prefer educational options for their children, with 40% strongly preferring options for their child's education. School choice is a growing movement, one that is already lifting thousands of kids across America. The Optima Foundation, a 501c3 nonprofit corporation, was founded to support the establishment and expansion of superior quality schools of choice. Optima's goal was the successful launch of Hillsdale College Varney Charter School, Initiative Classical Academies, and other schools of excellence across the state of Florida, serving kindergarten through the 12th grade. The mission is to train the minds and improve the hearts of young people through a content-rich classical education in the liberal arts and sciences with instruction in the principles of moral character and civic virtue. In a terrific product of the process, Naples Classical Academy has already opened here in Naples. You can find out more by visiting the website Optima.Foundation. Help children in Florida optimize their educational opportunities. Visit www.Optima.Foundation. Do you suffer from joint pain in your shoulders, hips, or knees? I was suffering from debilitating pain in my knees. On a referral, I saw Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine. He successfully treated my symptoms and pain for several months. Finally, having exhausted all alternatives for pain management, Dr. Markovich and I agreed that surgery was my best alternative. Dr. Markovich replaced both of my knees in 2006, and I now have full range of motion in both knees, and I have no pain. I now 
now play golf and exercise free of debilitating pain in my knees. Don't suffer needlessly with joint pain. Call orthopedic surgeon Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine at 482-5399. That's 482-5399. He did a great job for me, and he'll help you too. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. You've heard me speak about Lulubee's Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center, serving great breakfasts and lunches uh, at the uh, Lulubee's Diner. We're now serving dinners uh, Wednesdays through Saturdays, 4 to 8 p.m., and the menu is just terrific. The value is great. I encourage you to visit Lulubee's Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center for a dinner Wednesdays through Saturdays, 4 to 8 p.m. Uh, we have with us Seton Modley, the founder and president of Less Government. Seton, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Seton. So we want less government, but right now uh, it's difficult to discern how we're heading in the right direction. And uh, right now international uh, issues are taking the stage and, and uh, kind of consuming all the news, including what's happening in Ukraine, Israel, uh, and now Chi uh, and uh, uh Biden meeting in San Francisco. I wanted to get your thoughts. Well, it was it was very nice of Gavin Newsom to finally clean up San Francisco for somebody he really cares about. Yeah, the communist leader of China. Yeah. Um, no, look, we were founded to be a commercial republic, meaning, and I think it was Thomas Jefferson that said, you know, uh, free trade with everybody, binding ties with no one. And I think there isn't a single founding father who would look at NATO or the United Nations or any of these things and not be completely angry that we've tied ourselves down with all these international organizations. Um, I think it's antithetical to what the founders had in mind for the country. Um, This gets us into Ukraine. Uh, We have zero. This is an irrelevant border skirmish between two poor nations uh, on the other side of the planet. We have zero business being there at all. None. Um, If, you know, if Russia conquered Ukraine in totality tomorrow, how would it affect the U.S.? The answer is it wouldn't. Uh, We need to remind everybody that Russia ran Ukraine for the majority of the 20th century. It didn't matter to the U.S. at all. Um, This is a scam. We just saw Ukraine just indicted three people who were looking into the Biden corruption in Ukraine. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, how, how more obvious does it have to get why we're there, really? Um, it's to cover up globalist corruption in the United States, in, uh, in Ukraine, mostly by United States actors, um, including Biden's son. Um, now we have Israel and, and, and uh, the Arabs again. Um, I'm I, I, my joke is I'm so pro-Israel I've applied for non-Gentile status. That being said, <laughs> we have we have no business spending any money there. Yeah. Um, they won the six-day war against eight Arab nations 50 years ago with zero help from the United States. None. Uh, they can do it again right now. Uh, the only thing holding them back right now from doing what they need to do is the U.S. Right. telling them to hold back. Um, but again, we have no, 
I, I, my joke was for a long time, and now it's the internet, but I said, you know, CNN ruined foreign policy because the world is full of awfulness. I mean, there's, there's probably two or three dozen border skirmishes right now in the world. And we, and we randomly, you know, we don't randomly, but we arbitrarily choose to care about this one and ignore that one and care about this one and not care about that one. And, and we've chosen to care about Israel and, 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 uh, Arabs for one, you know, for crass political reasons, just like we have Ukraine and, you know, there's probably a dozen border skirmishes in Africa right now. You, we couldn't name any of them. Well, here's, because, here's the thing. See, I, I don't understand. Where do we get the money? I mean, it's I. I well, we don't. Well, it's again. I commend I commend Speaker uh, uh, Johnson for deciding to reduce the amount uh, paid for. In other words, he's, he took it out of part of the budget to pay for fourteen billion dollars to go for supporting. Uh, Israel. Well, I, I, I definitely agree with you. We have no business going over there. Israel could handle its own issues. And by the way, they're doing a pretty darn good job of it right now, as it stands. Well, like I said, the only thing holding them back is us. Right. Um, and and um, But like I said, there's a dozen wars and border skirmishes in, in Africa. We don't care, because we have no political or financial interest in them. So they can, go, they can all go pound sand. Uh, you know, they, they get ignored. CNN ruined foreign policy because we, you know, the world is full of this stuff and has been since humans started walking the planet and we couldn't see it. So we didn't know. So we didn't care. Now, all of a sudden, we're we're emotionally drawn into this, this one or that one, um, because they show they decide to show us this one or that one. Um, it's it's absurd. Uh I, James Monroe had the Monroe Doctrine. He was the fifth president of the United States. And he basically said, you idiots in Africa and Africa and Europe and Asia can do whatever you want. But if you mess with North and South America, you, we have a problem with it. And that made perfect sense because, yeah. of course, we had these beautiful oceans that protect us, but we can't. We're, we're, we're landlocked to Central and South America and to Canada. See, here's, so, what, here's what gets me. We have uh, right now a Biden meeting with Xi in San Francisco. Well, you know, that's visine uh, eyewash. The, the fact of the matter is that after the meeting is over, uh, he's invited in all these business people who are going to meet and they're going to talk about how they can expand business in uh, China. China. And the fact of the matter is China is hurting financially. I mean, the, a third of their economy is real estate and it's all falling apart. He needs, I'm talking about Chi, he needs these businesses coming in in order to create revenue and right. uh, activity. And, uh, but, and, and uh, you know, this is a, a great point where we can, uh, I'm quite certain that the, this would be handled differently under Trump for sure. Well, 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 Trump put 20, I did the math. Trump did $20 billion a year of tariffs on China and grew our economy by almost $2 trillion. Now, it's not totally you know, post hoc ergo proctor hoc, but a large part of it was a, a panoply of his policies that started bringing stuff out of foreign foreign manufacture and into domestic manufacture. And of course, the probably the number one foreign manufacturer is China. Now, China long term has a U.S. India problem because we've now built up China so much with our money that they're not a bargain. Now, they're not the bargain they once were uh -huh. uh, as far as manufacturing is concerned and then importing it to the U.S. 
Well, India in March of this year surpassed China as its most as the world's most populous nation. They don't have the communist baggage with them. Uh, there's 1.3 billion people, and I heard some stat that like 90,000 of the 1.3 billion have what we would consider regular nine to five jobs. Yeah, which India now is China 50 years ago. So my thinking is, my guess is because international business globalists are jackasses, they'll move out of China and move into India and build up India with our money rather than, of course, returning to the United States. So China's got a long-term problem in that they've gotten wealthy enough now that the, 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 the globalist pirates will now move to a more favorable cove, and it's and it's looking like India. I remember in March or April of this year, Foreign Policy Magazine, which is the glo- one of the globi- globalist Bibles, there were like seven feature articles, and five of them were about India. And I went, okay. Yeah, that's so they're, interesting. See, and and and, the, and and China, by the way, has a demographic so problem. China, China's uh, has a, people. They're, old. they're growing old, so uh, you know the the opportunity and to hire very young. Very young. Yeah, and they're, 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 they've got. It, it, it looks like China fifty years ago. They're young. They're broke. Uh, they have a smart populace. Uh, maybe not educated, but smart, and can be trained. And I think that's the that's the 21st century global shift as away from China to India. Heaven forfend American companies return to America. Yeah. That's not going to happen. Seaton Modley, again, the founder and president of Less Government. I encourage you to visit lessgovernment.org, lessgovernment.org. You can also visit Less Government on Facebook. Seaton, always appreciate your commentary here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you very much, sir. My pleasure indeed. Such an interesting conversation. Okay, coming up, the former mayor of Naples, Bill Barnett. That and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. you have questions about your retirement, Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239-325-1041. That's 239-325-1041. Office is located at 9015 Stratospell Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Blue Provence Restaurant is a favorite dining destination for many Neapolitans, including Linda and myself. Blue Provence, located in a historic building in the heart of Old Naples at Creighton Cove, offers a mix of French bistro cooking with bold, fresh Floridian flavors. Experience award-winning cuisine at Blue Provence and enjoy one of Florida's most extensive, eclectic, and fun wine cellars. Dining to choice are the popular Eden Bar, the intimate Courtyard Garden, or the beautiful Provencal Caribbean Dining Room. Enjoy a wonderful and memorable evening in a casual and relaxed atmosphere that includes a taste of Provencal hospitality. Blue Provence is open seven days a week, all year round. Visit blueprovencenaples.com for reservations, everyday specials, and coming events. That's blueprovencenaples.com or call 261-8239. 
That's 261-8239, Blue Provence French Restaurant in the heart of Old Naples. Welcome back to the Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harton. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the Foundation for Government Accountability. They get the politics. They know the policies. They help prepare elected officials to have winning strategies in the legislature. And you can find out more by visiting the website, thefga.org. We have with us the former mayor of Naples, Bill Barnett. Bill, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. Bob, my pleasure, as always. And uh, looks like our day of rain is over and the sun is out. And it's, it's pretty cool. It's got a little coolness in the air this morning. So uh, that's kind of nice. I think we'll have a nice day today. I do, too. Uh, you know, I, I read that uh, South Florida got, uh, in some places, a foot of rain. Uh, some cars are stranded over there in the Broward County. and So I don't think we got anything near that here on the uh, west coast of Florida. But uh, No, and I, I just... I just was. I just saw on, on TV a couple of minutes ago that they they are forecasting more over more over on the west coast. Um, I mean the uh, east coast of Florida. So uh, I don't know what's yeah. going on with this. And then they said it's going to move up the coast. Uh, so they might have a pretty cool Thanksgiving up there in the northeast. But it um, might be climate we'll, change. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Blame everything on climate change. Yeah. Anyway. You know, we don't like the weather today. Well, blame it on climate change. Exactly. So, Bill, any any update? We have this election coming up in March here in the city of Naples. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, you know, it's funny. Uh, this is a great one that the viewers can, I mean, your listeners can actually see. Um, uh, on last Monday, uh, this past Monday's um, council meeting, um, workshop meeting slash, at the end during correspondence communication, Mike McCabe, who has, I guess he's going to announce to run again. I, I, I haven't heard anything, but I, I'm, I imagine he will. But um, he goes right down the, the dais, okay, with each council member, and he says, "You're not a career politician," and uh, uh, this, and he, and he's got a point that he's trying to make. But so all of a sudden, he gets to Blankenship, uh, who is running for mayor, okay, and he says. And of all people, you're not, you're certainly not a career politician. He said, you're not even, you haven't even finished your, something to the effect, you haven't even finished your first term on council. And why are you sending out information that's not true? You need to stop doing this. And he said this in the meeting, Bob. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) And so if you go to NaplesGov.com, and go back, it has all the meetings listed, and you go to Monday and just go to Correspondence and Communication, you can see that exchange. Uh, but it's just, it's kind of, and, and he, he was annoyed about it because uh, I guess Ted Blankenship's sending out some brochures already, and there's some perhaps untruths in there, and McCabe took it personally. He said, why are you sending stuff out that's not true? And Blankenship didn't answer him. Wow. But, uh, uh so it's already starting up, is what I'm just trying trying to say. I know that uh, uh, Gary's going to uh, have a an event or two in December. Just he's kind of holding back a little bit, and uh, um, I think he'll have a lot of support. And uh, no newbies other than Bill Kramer so far. Um, well, I saw a letter, letter to the editor in the Naples Daily News uh, supporting the candidacy of our current mayor. 
I was just shocked <laughs> at the content of the letter. It just total oh. fabrications. I just don't understand where people come from in terms of wanting to. She's, you know, if, if nothing else, she could simply hold meetings to two hours or three hours apiece. That in and of itself would be a hundred percent improvement on her performance. Yes, it would. But um, the people that write these things, I mean, she already sent something out about what she's done in the last four years. Bob, she hasn't done anything, okay? I'll, I mean, I'll say it flat out. Um, she, she hasn't done anything. Yeah. Um, just, uh, um, it's just a lot of hype, and it's a lot of... There's just a, a, so much non, non-truth in there and the things that she quotes and says, and um, the, some people just buy it, like anything else. It's always the same thing. Yeah. But um, as we move along, we'll keep the reports coming, and... Uh, I think things will slow down a little bit with Thanksgiving coming up and everything else. So, um, well, I will uh, say, but, I will say, Bill, that uh, I personally support Gary Price for mayor. I think he'd be an outstanding mayor, and Bill Kramer, one of the greatest coaches in, in high school football in all, of all time, not just in Naples but across Florida and maybe the United States. I think he was just fabulous. He will make a terrific city councilman as well. I hope people will vote for Bill Kramer. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of coaches, uh, you see that the uh, former coach Bill Broxson um, uh, died, uh, 83 years old, and uh, he was kind of a he was a legend for um, I think it was Baron Collier, um, but he coached for a lot of years there. It was in the paper this morning. He was a good guy. Huh. Worked with a lot of kids, just like Kramer. Uh, uh, Bill Kramer just you know he not only coached the high school kids, but he mentored. So many kids uh, during his uh, during his career. It was it was. Uh, I mean, I know a lot of families that 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 have that respect him so much because of that. Not because he taught his kids their kids football, but because he was a mentor as well. So, well, he taught the kids values. He taught the kids how to right. live, how to how to be a good neighbor, how to be a good person. So, and football was somewhat secondary, but nevertheless. He won. He won. He was right. a constant winner, and I, right. he had an outstanding coaching staff, and and they believed what he believed, and they they joined him in mentoring these young people. Right, and uh, so I think he'll make an excellent, excellent, excellent city council member. He'll he'll catch on fast. Believe me, absolutely, he will. Well, Bill, I had so many other things I want to talk to you about, but unfortunately, our time has run out. So, I, <laughs> oh, okay, I, I just well, I got gen- out of that one, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> I just genuinely appreciate your time on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Take care. Have a good week. Bye. You as well. Thank you so much. Well, that's a wrap here on today's show. I hope you enjoyed it. I certainly did. We've got great guests for tomorrow's show, including William Yateman. He's a senior legal fellow with the Pacific Legal Foundation. We're going to be visiting with uh, Kevin Freeman. He's the uh, author of Pirate Money. Interesting concept about digital currency and what we can do to prevent ourselves from becoming victims of some of the changes that are happening around the globe. And Larry Bell, endowed professor at the University of Houston in space architecture and author of many books, he'll be joining us as well. I always appreciate your listening to the show. It means a lot to me. And if you enjoy the show, I hope you pass the word on to your friends. Uh, It's one of the ways we support our advertisers, and we can't do the show without them. So thank you so much for listening. I hope you make it a great day on the Paradise Coast or wherever you are. Namaste. Thanks.
Thanks so much for listening to the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. For more information and audio files of previous shows, visit www.bobharden.com. <laughs>